Don't want none of those zannies. Get those zannies out of my panties. <laughs> well, shit. Now you have to put this in the that's episode because that's going to be my, my sign-off. <laughs> Get those zannies out of my panties. Uh, shoot, that's uh, that's like your new catchphrase Tattoo. now. Yeah, the catchphrase. Yeah, sure. Uh, dare to say no to drugs uh, and to say <laughs> get those zannies out of my panties. <laughs> Let me see if I can look up a vintage 90s t-shirt from that dare program to see if there's a uh, one that says get those zannies out of my panties. <laughs> Season We've made it. We did it, Cameron. We've made it. Ten whole seasons. Made it all the way to season ten. Hmm. Shit, dog. What? It's like eighty-five something albums or something crazy like that. Uh, yeah. I think this might be the eighty-fifth episode. Dang, something like that. Eighty it, something. It's definitely. It's definitely up there. It's up there. Yeah. Maybe eighty-six. I think this might be yeah. eighty-eight. In fact. <sighs> Who doggies? So many. By the time we're by by the time we're done with this season, it'll be around a hundred. It's true, yeah, because we get we got uh, nuts. like twelve albums to go through. Yeah, it's season ten, and who are we covering? We're- rude boy Rob, <laughs> you know, you know him, the rudest boy, the rudest of all the boys. Yes. Uh, what's let's see. Some uh, some uh, people know him as Bob Marley. Other people, polite people, but r- know him as Robert Nesta Marley, as- Cameron. You know, uh, Rob Marley. Of course, most people know him as Rude Boy Rob. <laughs> Did he ever the go by that? Rude Boy. Did he ever go by Rude Boy Rob? <laughs> he 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 says it in the song. He does really. Yeah, dude. We'll oh, get there. <laughs> I I definitely read the lyrics. That's for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, Bob Marley. We were going to have a very special guest on this episode. Uh, but it looks like we won't, but hopefully soon, um, we'll have, uh, uh, your very own father-in-law who is My a reggae musician, yeah. um, come, come and help us, uh, decode some of this stuff. But, um, you know what? It kind of works out that he's not here for this first episode because this is not a reggae it's album. It's not a reggae album. It's literally listed <laughs> I, on Wikipedia as a ska record. This is, uh, this we should is, say, it's the Wailing Wailers. The show, man. And um, it, is, it is before uh, Rude Boy Bob Marley took the, the headlining position and it went by Bob Marley and the Wailers. This is, they're just the Wailers at this point. Just I think the Wailers. They're, they're all next, equally wailing. It's true. Wah! Yeah, their next album is when they switched to Bob Marley and the Wailers. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and that one comes out 1970. That's five years later after this one. This is 1965. This is huh. definitely like kind of the black sheep of uh, Bob Marley's discography, I think. It's, at black least it sheep? seems that way. People don't like it? No. Is bla- Does black sheep have connotations of people not liking it? Yeah. Oh. It's like if you're the black sheep of the family, it means like I, I th- people like try to erase you. What? I thought it was more like a, a misfit kind of thing. Exactly. But just because you're a misfit doesn't necessarily mean people try to erase you what kind of fucked up family do you have uh what is the idiom meaning of the idiom black sheep um in the english language black sheep is an idiom used to to describe an an odd 
or disreputable member of a group, especially within a family. That's an or, That's Cameron. Wikipedia That's for black or. sheep. <laughs> I meant the odd one, not disreputable one. Okay, that's an or. It can be either Apparently. one. Yeah. Oh, no, it says the term has typically been given negative implications implying waywardness. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Nathan, you're right. I know. <laughs> I know. You're right. Fuck. You're right. Damn it. You got me. All right. I quit the show. You can get, All right. get another Finally, better co-host. I can do it by myself. <laughs> Finally. Jesus. That's all I wanted. It took me long enough. 88 episodes even waiting for this. Yeah, so we so, chose... So, Rude Boy Rob. I, Cameron, I have to stop you there. You, you keep using that word. I, I do not think it means what you think it means. <laughs> I mean, we're, we'll get to the song, but at least on the genius, the Rob part is not capitalized. And I think it's literally saying that a rude boy is robbing someone. Interesting. Yeah. You don't think it's about Robert? I have no indication that he ever went by Robert, you know? R- uh, rude boy, Rob. Rude boy, Scrob. I don't know what scrub means, except maybe, um, like it's like a alteration, maybe like scrabble, like a hard scrabble kind of sees scrappy. I don't know. I'm just guessing. Anyway, we listened to the Wailing Whalers by the Whalers, and um, they were accompanied by the backing band, the Soul Brothers. I think I even read somewhere that they didn't know how to play instruments at this point. Most of them, or at least two out of three of them. Um, and it's actually technically a compilation. It's not, it was not released as a, uh, like a, like a coherent LP, uh, that they recorded all in one go. It's actually a compilation. That makes sense. Cause it was a little bit hard to like find all of the lyrics and put them together. Yeah. Apparently there have also been many different versions, so I'm sure that didn't help. Yeah. Um, although let's see, Bob Marley wrote one, two, Three, four, five, six, seven out of twelve songs, and then has a co-writing yeah. credit on another two more, and then yeah, or at first writing credit on actually three more. Yeah, so he's he's the credited writer on most of these songs. Hey, can you talk about ska for a bit? Um, because Ooh. when people say ska, they get a uh, around here, around these parts. These parts, uh, they have a very particular image that comes to mind, and I don't think that image is consistent with what this album is not at all so ska was thoroughly appropriated and bastardized i think first by the english in the 1980s and then later by the americans even more so in the 90s and 2000s um so it began as i understand it i did i did do some reading today to try to supplement my absolutely zero knowledge of any of this topic it was a musical genre that developed out of Jamaican, I think they call it mento music, which is kind of the Jamaican counterpart to Trinidadian uh, Calypso. Ah. And it sort of, it picked up, it like, it like got a lot of the rhythms and the drumming from uh, Jamaican uh, traditional music, or should I say folk music. And then it picked up a lot of influence from American R&B, uh, jazz, blues, and uh soul records and you can you can really hear the soul influence on this yes. on this album um yeah so ska developed as a genre of music that was i guess i guess like a dance music it's usually pretty up tempo with a strong uh, emphasis on the off beats the three uh, yeah the the two and the f- wait is that right the two and the four um yeah 
Yeah, I think that's right. And then like the guitar is basically used as a percussion instrument, sort of like the way a mandolin is used in bluegrass has this like chop, this upward strum sort of chop. Um, And actually the mandolin is on the offbeat too in bluegrass music. So (laughs) bluegrass and reggae, they're like the same thing, basically. They're the same. They're the same. Yeah. So ska, yeah, was not anywhere close to what it has now become. It was picked up by, um, I guess they called it the the two-tone ska, where it expanded outside Jamaica to lots of like English bands, which um, at least those were often uh, mixtures of, of different races of people. Whereas in America, it was a lot of like only white bands. Um, but for in, in the UK, it picked up a lot of like punk rock and new wave influences. And then when, by the time it like sort of became big in America, it was very kind of pop punk, but with horns. Right. And it was picked up by just like real shitty bands. So this is the, so you can hear, the real authentic you can hear old a stuff. little bit of the, uh, you know, that horn on the offbeat like rhythm section horns mm-hmm. um, and then like some horn solos and stuff in this album. But yeah. uh, other than that, it's pr- pretty indistinguishable. Yeah. And I, I did some further reading. I guess we'll get into this later, but to say that like um, reggae developed out of ska by way of a genre of music called rock steady. And uh, in a lot of ways, it's a slowed down reggae sort of began as a slowed down version of ska with um, there were some sources I was reading that were saying it was like kind of uh, simplified in a lot of ways because they were saying that ska, a lot of ska players played a lot of jazz and were maybe like more sophisticated in some ways. And then like some of the reggae par- players, like the reggae players didn't necessarily have the jazz background. Um, right. Yes. Yeah, I even saw one source that was saying that ska was kind of like a, almost like a big band music. Big band. Yeah. I yeah. can hear that. Yeah. But yeah, by by the time it becomes reggae, it's much more focused on sort of the standard instrumentation of of a rock band: guitar, drums, bass, and sometimes horns and keyboards. So gotcha. anyway, that's that's uh, my ignorant um, take on ska and reggae based on you know twenty or thirty minutes of googling. What is difference ska reggae? <laughs> Did you put it on Yahoo Answers? <laughs> I should have. <laughs> <laughs> I did find a a Reddit thread from uh, the Explain Like I'm Five subreddit, which can be a, a valuable place to visit. It's one of those wow, one of the great. one of the good ones. There are some very bad ones on Reddit, and even the uh, more neutral ones are often invaded by total shitheads. Anyway, so yeah, it's a Sky record. Well, shall we uh, shall we jump in? Yeah, let's do it. Um, shall we just start with the first song? Yeah, put it on or. I'm gonna put it on as it's credited on Wikipedia. So you can hear that sort of offbeat emph- emphasis on the uh, the guitar and the piano. And the vocals on this one so, are very like they're almost like doo-woppy or um de- R and B, like really old school R and B. 
Yeah, they're they're going for that that vocal style that's like fairly thin and reedy and a little scratchy. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not trying to have like big full voices. They're just going for this really specific timbre, mm-hmm. which I like a lot. Yeah. It sounds great. Yeah, they're just singing kind of in one voice. They blend really well together, even though their voices can all be really different in all these songs. Right. Who's singing lead. Yeah. So and I kind of assumed that Put It On was going to be like a, either like a vibey, like a vague vibey song, like, or, or it was going to be like sexual or something based right. on the title. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's it's a spiritual song, and some people on the genius think that it's about putting on the armor of God, or the armor of Jah, the armor of Jah. Which, yeah. yeah, like I think by this point, Bob Marley was still in his Catholic um, his Catholic phase. I don't think he had re- converted to Rastafarianism by this point. Yeah, I think so. He was raised as a Catholic. Um, and I, I did some a little bit of reading about Rastafarianism and Haile Selassie also today, and some interesting yeah, stuff too. there. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, um, for those of you who aren't familiar with the concept of the armor of God, uh, the idea is it's a pretty. It's like a one-dimensional metaphor for you're supposed to have like a belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of the gospel of peace, the shield of faith. I'm just reading this from Wikipedia right now because I don't really remember. Oh, I was going to be been a while since I remembered all that shit. Uh, yeah, some of these feel made up. The shoes of the gospel of peace. I don't remember that at all. Yeah, that anyway, doesn't sound right. Basically, the idea is um, you need to spiritually protect yourself and you can... Uh, these different virtues are so important that they, you could think of them as spiritual armor Mm -hmm. for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places, blah, blah, which is like, I I'm kind of into the idea it, you know, divorced from like my, the weird sort of like masculine coded, like Sunday school, like messages that I got mm-hmm. about putting on the armor of God. Yeah. <laughs> like I kind of like that idea, uh, pretty well, but, um, yeah. So anyway, that's, I guess maybe what this song is about. I guess so. Although it's, it's pretty ambiguous. Cause he just says, I'm going to put it on. And yeah, you know, you, you know what the antecedent to it is. I, I guess so. <laughs> I mean, you kind of have to infer when he says, Lord, I thank you feel all right now. Uh, uh, I'm going to put it on and it was steady. I rule my destiny. No more crying. Good Lord. Hear me. And those are I would not have guessed the, armor of God unless I saw someone mention it on the, uh, actually I think the genius. you've got a point there. I don't think I would have either. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> I, I like, he's going to put it on. I like in verse three, he says, I'm going, I'm going to put it on. I put it on already. He's going to put on <laughs> another suit of are the armor of God. <laughs> No, uh, don't don't double up. That actually makes it less effective. <laughs> it's got that negative synergy. Yeah, it's like double bagging it with <laughs> God's protection. So when you were, when you were two All condoms, right, uh, yeah. <laughs> thanks, so thanks there, for that reaction. <laughs> so there's a, <laughs> not even a pity laugh. Oh boy, Nathan, that was the joke I was making the whole time. It was. Yeah, and then you just said it oh. as if it was your joke. You asshole. Oh, I thought you were just being in, meaning in general when you put second one on, it's less effective. 
I don't know you're specifically men, but now now that you say it, I do see it because that is specifically true about condoms and is probably not true about a lot of other things. I mean, I guess if you put on a second guitar, like on a strap. You ever notice that when you put on uh, a second sweater, you get cold? <laughs> you start getting colder. When you put on two pairs of shoes, uh, you're closer to the ground. I don't know. Yeah. It's it's hard to say, Cameron. It's hard to say. When you put on a second, so let's talk Cameron, about the music. Cameron, when you put on a second pair of glasses, that makes them less, <laughs> both of them less effective. Ha! I got you, <laughs> motherfucker. Uh, I win. Do you want to talk about the music a little I bit? Guess. <laughs> okay. I just wanted to revel in how so I won. You did, <laughs> and you should be proud, and I'm, I'm so proud, proud of you. Thank you. Um, so this song is. There's no real sections to the song. Like, even in the the genius, it just says verse at the top. And then it's just all one stanza. Yeah, it's kind of like, um, there are some blues songs that are kind of structured that way, right? Yeah, or like like a James Brown, you know, kind of song. Like, it's just like sort of one riff, and then everyone's just kind of... uh, you know how many times I guess you're going to say, feel them spirit, Lord, I thank you. Feel all right now, Lord, I thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, other than that, it's all improv. Um, yeah, the interesting the, thing is it's a it's an unequal amount of lines. Verse one has five lines. Verse two has five yes. lines. Uh, verse three has five lines. Yeah, it's an interesting thing that he's like, it's an unequal number of lines. Yeah, and uh, the background is basically what you heard in that sound sample. It's just that piano and guitar and drum set. I don't remember if there's bass in it or not, or if it's just bass on the piano. Yeah, I don't remember either. Uh, the recording's pretty scratchy, and uh, it's a little bit hard to hear all of the details. Yep. Uh, it's kind of like a Louie Louie style chord progression. Don't, 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 don't. or like a grease (laughs) yep you know i'm saying louis louis and grease but those are highly derivative examples of you know original soul music so right sorry Uh, about that yeah i as a side note um rachel and i were in burlington vermont recently where they have a um very loose definition of jazz at their discover jazz festival uh and we saw a little band you might have heard of called toots and the maytals no i haven't Oh, they were like one of the originators of reggae. They oh, like help help invented it, and I think they even named it. They have a song called "Do the Reggae." Oh, I see. Um, yeah, yeah, and they played a version of Louie Louie that would like fucking tore the house down. It's like way better than that shitty uh, white people version from Eugene, Oregon. They're from Eugene. The I think is the the Kingsmen. I think they were called. Whoa! I think I had no idea. Or maybe it was just that like it was kind of adopted by all of Eugene. Um, gotcha. Yeah, it was by the Kingsmen, and they're from Portland. Oh, okay, all right, okay, Portland, whatever. So there's a call and response, uh, a lot of call and response in this. Um, well, I, I don't mean it in the sense that the call and the response are the same, but like you know the the choir, if you will, like the little church choir kind of style. You know, we'll be singing, holding down one part, the Lord I thank yous, and the mm-hmm. I'm going to put it ons. Um, and uh, and then the lead singer. I'm not sure who the lead singer is in this. Um, sort of Genius says it's Bob stuff. Marley. 
Okay, great. On, on some uh, of these songs, Genius has a credit on who the lead singer is, and some of them it does not. Uh, so yeah, how about you play that? Um, how about you play that call and response so we can yeah, hear it? Yeah, how about I play that? Lord, I'll take you. The lyrics on the genius are wrong. They don't have the bit about anywhere, anytime. I, he just sang that, man. I know, but it's not in the genius is what I'm saying. Oh, I'm reading. Okay, so here, here's something. Um, the genius, it, that page that you're looking at, I was uh-huh. also looking at at first, but uh-huh. that genius page is a cover what? of I'm Gonna Put It On by the Whalers. They covered their own song? Yes. Huh. I mean, it it looks so, like it's from the Wailing Whalers. I don't know. It's, it's hard to say. I... If you go down in Genius, and, oh. and there's another page that says, I'm going to put it on. Oh. And that one is correct. And that's the one that's all one stanza. Oh, man. Genius is so fucked up. <clears throat> yeah. Anyway, I really appreciate um, I'm not boasting. I'm just a toasting. <laughs> I, I, I don't know <laughs> what that means exactly. Uh, I guess he's just sort of saying like i'm this is about gratitude not necessarily about uh, feeling sure of myself or congratulating myself um but yeah. i still i kind of like it i think it's a kind of fun little rhyme i i'm not I boasting i'm just a toasting <laughs> i do like that um also in the in specifically the context of jamaican music from what i understand uh toasting is a rhythmic um non-singing melodic vocal delivery that is kind of a precursor to rap i don't know if it had been invented by this point or if it is invent has been invented in the form that we know it today um but i think that the word toasting has a lot of different meanings in jamaica that aren't necessarily present in like american english right well it seems like that's still kind of etymologically related to giving a toast yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. That That's good context. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> if you're right. <laughs> you never know. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Uh, you want to move on to another song? I, I kind of just want to go on to the second song. Cameron, I need you. I'll let you go one day, but now I'm ashamed to say. Yeah, you can definitely hear the soul and the R&B in this one. Which, side note, the term R&B has covered so many different kinds of music at so many different times in history. It's uh, it's a little bit bonkers. Yeah, I mean, it is a vague genre description. A little. It's bit. true, and I and I'm sure there is continuity from you know 1965 until 2019, but. There are most, I'll I'll say most genres of music have not changed quite so dramatically while keeping the same name. Sure. I think. (laughs) I don't know. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because people are still calling music R&B and yeah, like so different. 
Right. Anyway. Yeah. So this song, I need you since the day I lost you. Chris Brown (laughs) is really different. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It makes me wonder who coined the term R and B. And if it's just like kind of a rhythm and blues, rhythm and blues. Hey, there's rhythm there too. I kind of wonder if it's like a genteel replacement for uh, less PC terms from olden times, like race records or whatever. Oh, yeah. So I need you is a song uh, about a a romantic relationship that fell apart, and the man in in this song is uh, sad about it, and he wishes <laughs> <laughs> he wishes it was not the case. Uh, I let you go one day, but now I'm ashamed to say I said, "Oh, baby, I need you. I need your loving. Need you by my side." Etc. Uh, I made myself a lonely man, but now I have come to understand. I said, "Oh, baby, I need you. I never need no one like I need you, girl." Yeah. Is that all the all, so the, this all is, the lyrics? <laughs> that's almost all of the lyrics. There's not a lot. I have I have a little bit of real time follow up on rhythm and blues. I was totally right. Oh, great! <laughs> it was literally coined in order to replace the term race music, um, which. Apparently, according to Wikipedia, originally came from within the black community, but was deemed offensive in the post-war world. And uh, writer and producer Robert Palmer defined rhythm and blues as, quote, a catch-all term referring to any music that was made by and for black Americans. Wow. So, So I guess that is probably partially why it has changed so dramatically and kept the same name okay because that's the it's like a code name to say like this is black music well there you go yeah anyway i digress <laughs> since the day i lost you girl <laughs> racially black music <laughs> <laughs> that's r&b yeah i just can't face the world i'm kind of feeling kind of small <laughs> that's actually hilarious i like that a lot <laughs> i still feel pretty great honestly yeah but <laughs> but part of me is still feeling a little, kind of a little bit small yeah. under intense scrutiny you could say <laughs> there's like three to five percent of me that feels like three to five percent small yeah oh <laughs> uh, i kind of kind of i i can't i can't multiply percentages together that's ridiculous all right um yeah so why'd you want to talk about this song looks like well, you got a lot of musical samples yeah there's pretty interesting vocals in this um so first of all just the quality and the timbre of the vocals are really unique in the lead i think mm-hmm. uh yeah uh, play that um i need you these vocals are so unique yeah <laughs> sample I need your loving girl. I need you. Yeah, that those background vocals went a little bit nuts back there. Yeah, the background, like one of them was going woo woo woo, and then another one was going ah ah ah. Just like they're like making like different sounds, but. <laughs> not not singing the same syllable um yeah it's kind of crazy and then the lead singer is has a really interesting rhythmic delivery uh mm-hmm. i need you loving girl and he like kind of waits to sing it and uh yeah there's a lot of um what i was saying about uh pixel revolt last week about there being no harmonic tension mm-hmm. um in a lot of it 
there's even less harmonic tension um, in the traditional Western sense in this album. Um, but there is a ton of rhythmic tension um, because they're, the band is playing not to a metronome, I can only assume, um, and uh, mm-hmm. or a click track, and the, and the singers are all like, yeah, just really organically finding these little spots in between the beats um, to deliver their vocals. And uh, it's really interesting to listen to. Um, and it, you know, when something's played perfectly to a click track or quantized, meaning like digitally changed to fit exactly to a, a click track, um, you kind of stop listening to it because mm-hmm. um, it's like the uncanny valley, you know, and it's like uh, you, you stop engaging with it because it's like um, too perfect and it doesn't feel like music often. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of rhythmic tension in this. And there's a lot of um, harmonic tension too, not in the chord progressions necessarily but in in the tuning of the notes and a lot of the note choices um for instance there are a lot of interesting notes that the singers land on at the end of their phrases um so in this next sound sample uh the word understand on the syllable stand uh the lead singer lands on the minor third over, I, th- I believe, the one chord. Um, and they're playing a major chord in the background, but they're singing a minor third, like a, a blue note. Mm-hmm. Um, it might be one of the first examples we've heard of this, even though this is a very precedented thing, especially in older music. Um, you know, the blues scale being, uh, you know, having altered uh, notes that uh, you sing over major chords um, so that that are closer to the minor scale, borrowing melody notes from the minor scale while singing over the major scale. That's like um, a big feature of old time music often, right? Uh, yeah, because old time music is also uh, profoundly black music and it uses a lot of the same um, tuning sensibilities. So mm-hmm. when I say it's a minor scale, that's not exactly true. Because um, an actual like blues notes are like don't necessarily adhere to um, you know uh, just intonation you know like like if you were to sing them into a tuner they wouldn't hit a note exactly so mm-hmm. anyway um, so yeah the word understand and the syllable stand at the end of the phrase lands on a minor third listen to that yeah. I've made myself a lonely man But now I have come to understand Yeah. That's fucking cool. That's got so much swag. Yeah. (laughs) Come to understand (laughs) over that one (laughs) chord. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, That's great. I like that. Another thing that I think is pretty interesting is that most of the song revolves around, it feels like it's hanging out on the one chord, meaning the, uh, if, well, what key is the song in? Let's just say it's in G. I think it is in G, if my banjo's in tune, which I compared it to. Mm-hmm. So most of the cor- most of the song kind of sounds like it's hanging around the tonic or the G chord, um, but the main riff is um, 
switching back and forth between the G chord and the C chord over the G chord, meaning a G note is present in a C chord. Um, and so the, the chord is re-spelled so the G is still in the bass, but uh, the C chord is played up top. This is a very uh, typical, like, kind of blues um, idiom. Um, you'll hear this kind of thing a lot in piano and guitar music, uh, blues, piano, and guitar music. Um, but they really lean into that C chord, which is the four chord uh, in this key. And there's this there's harmonic tension in that because it feels like it's never fully resolved a lot of the time, mm -hmm. uh, which is pretty interesting. So all that being said, um, there's this moment, there's actually a lot of moments where the lead singer will end a phrase on the la, the sixth degree of the scale, which is the third note of the four chord. So it would be an E, which is consonant with a C chord, but uh, dissonant in a kind of jazzy way with a G chord. Um, but the band underneath is playing, kind of going back and forth very fluidly between the G and the C chord. Using the C chord is not a full chord progression change as much as just a, um, a tension and release to um, move away from the G and come back. It's does that make sense? It, it's tr treating the C chord more as like an extension. So he's kind of splitting the difference hmm. and singing that la at the end of these phrases. Um, so play that example. So you can hear how he lands on that note, which is dissonant and then consonant and then dissonant again, etc. So wait, which which part of that is uh, the note you're talking about? Which which uh, uh, thing that he's singing? Uh, also, understand. Yeah, play that one more time. Okay, it's yeah. where it lands on understand. Gotcha. Yeah, that is definitely a very. Um, unexpected note to sing he yeah. goes like much lower than i anticipated understand him. um it's it feels so silly singing it back but i'm just trying to communicate yeah, like, when you sing it like information when you sing it like that it sounds like a, a musical theater like melody stunned <laughs> so we got the g chord here the three notes of a g chord are g b and d and the rhythm section is pretty strictly adhe adhering to those simple triads, those three note chords, G, B, D. And he's singing E here, understand, kind of creates a richer chord mm -hmm. that, the, that the, he's creating a chord with the band, um, but the band is playing um, the simple chord and he's making it more complicated. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's jazz, so baby. It's jazz, baby. Nice. Yeah. I, I, I like the, uh, the musical complexity to the song, um, especially because the lyrics are not, not a lot to them. I don't yeah. know. They're like, they're kind of like typical sixties pop lyrics. It's like, I, I yeah. can imagine like the early Beatles records having a song with these lyrics. Yeah. And I think a lot of soul and R and B music, um, seems to be a, from the perspective of a man saying to a woman, Hey, I fucked up. Uh, but I really want you to decide to trust me again, and I swear I'll make it up. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that seems like pretty precedented. Like that's a, yeah, that's a topic of a song mm-hmm. uh, that I guess is very relatable to, <laughs> to, lo- to, to lots either, of people, even, to, even though I've, I, I've never related to it. Right. You know, honestly, like I can see how other people would relate to it, but you yeah. know, it's like me, that's I, not, not, I mean, I just don't relate to it, you know? Right. Not you. Not me, no. But you're an empathic person, and you can appreciate um, a song that uh, doesn't relate to you specifically. Yeah, I'm so great. All right. Uh, (laughs) Let's talk about, let's actually, let's uh, jump on to Rude Boy. Why not? Rude Boy Rob. Well. So this one seems to be embodying the the Jamaicanness of their music much more in the lyrics than some of these other songs, um, because from what I understand, "rude boy" is a Jamaican term uh, that was used for disaffected young men, usually who oftentimes would kind of dress up in clothes that were reminiscent of American gangsters, and they were kind of like taking inspiration from American tough guys and and stuff. And we're wearing like like rat pack clothes, basically. Yes. Trilbies and pork pie hats and all that stuff. Skinny ties and tight suits from the 60s and whatnot. Sounds like you're talking about uh, American ska musicians. Fuck you, Cameron. (laughs) I did not say checkerboard vans, okay? Okay, great. (laughs) Trilbies and pork pies. (laughs) Yeah, but worn with a suit, not a fucking t-shirt. I'm sure it was very, very cool back then. Um... And not embarrassing, <laughs> like in the nineties. I, I don't know, baby. Heisenberg brought it back. Now everyone's wearing pork pies. Yeah, um, yeah. So this this song also lyrically seems to be written in more of a uh, J- Jamaican English. Um, the the verse goes. First one goes. Walk the proud land, my friends, with me. Repeated four times. Me want you come wheel and turn me three times. And then he says, Fi go lick a me- my head pun you tambourine. Is that is that Fi go lick a my head? Or is that Fi go lick a me head? It's just F-I and M-I. I really don't know. I don't, I don't remember know. what he sings. Yeah. And then, uh, hmm. I don't... I always wonder about people who try to write in dialect and represent dialect in um, spelling. It... Yeah. makes me a little bit nervous um, that it is someone who is uh, not appropriating is not the right word, but like misrepresenting or kind of degrading somebody else by showing them having spoken in a non-standard spelling. Right. Know? But at a certain point, dialect turns into language and then you're misrepresenting it by interpreting it. It's true. And hypothetically, that, yeah, that, that has happened with like Scots English, you know, Robbie Burn, Robert Burns wrote in like a Scots dialect of English. I mean, it's not Scots, the language, but it is a Scottish dialect of English. Sure. He wrote all his poems in like <clears throat> non, I don't want to use the word non-standard, uh, non, um, hegemonic, non, that's a, that's a great, that's actually a great, um, substitution, Cameron. Thank you. Non-hegemonic. You're spelling. welcome everyone. So, I guess it comes down to whether uh, or not 
the people who I guess wrote the liner notes or wrote down the lyrics if they wrote these words these way or if it's some ding dong coming by decades later on the genius who is just kind of writing the words as they hear them I don't I don't know it 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 does give me pause and makes me wonder though let's say uh yeah that's so valid (laughs) (laughs) your suspicion is so understandable and relatable especially in the chorus Um, when he says i've got to keep on moving like five times i guess and then on the genius they write it out as wanty wanty can get it and yeah basically cyan get it (laughs) and getty getty no want it it just it 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 brings me uncomfortable um memories of like the like white people covering the tally me banana song in just like you know basically auditory caribbean blackface yes (laughs) that that's not cool when people do that but if this is how jamaican english is spelled and is the valid spelling that's cool i don't know what do you what do you think ignorant about um beetlejuice um i'm not gonna say his name two more times uh but the movie okay, great yeah you know you remember when they Starring sing the, well, they they don't sing the song but oh. they play the song and they all do a big lip sync to it um well they were possessed at that point so i don't know i, f- I feel like we can kind possessed of possessed by <laughs> colonial <laughs> racism <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> possessed by the spirit of hegemony <laughs> yeah so Putting, putting the spelling and dialect aside, there's not a lot of substance to this song. Uh, there is a pre-chorus well, that goes... there's not obvious substance. <laughs> well, I, sh- I should amend that and say to there me. are very, very few uh, unique lines in this song. There's a lot okay. of repetition. Sure. But yes, you're right. That doesn't necessarily mean there's not substance. Um, you mean unique within the song. Right. There's probably, what, like eight unique lines yeah maybe 10 um and a lot of it i don't understand super well um walk the proud lands my friend my friends with me i can get that as kind of like an empowering vision of like these people inhabiting and owning jamaica um and in fact uh jamaica got independence from the uk in 1962 i want to say so that could be a reference to that man that's not too far away huh no, it wasn't that long ago. That was like 60, wait, 55 years ago? 57, sorry. Uh, I'm yeah. not going to do math on the spot. <laughs> that, that was within both of my parents' lifetimes. It's crazy. Which is bonkers. Yeah. Uh, so then he says, yeah, walk the proud land, my friends. Me, me want you come wheel and turn me. I don't understand that part. Um, and then the thing about the tambourine, I also don't really understand. Um, yeah, is some lines I've got to keep on moving. Give me a little soul. Oh Lord. Uh, sounds like kind of a, a positive anthem. Um, and then, but then in the, in the, uh, in the pre-chorus, they have those lines we talked about earlier. Rude boy, Rob, rude boy, scrob. Right. So the reason I think that it might be rude boy, Rob, as in Robert, even uh-huh. though it's not capitalized in the genius, which the genius why is would we never count on the genius to have it right? <laughs> <I know. laughs> uh, there is a, there is a very short Wikipedia page on Rude Boy, the Bob Marley song. Uh-huh. Oh, uh, and I'll okay. just read the whole thing. It's just a very short paragraph. Rude mm-hmm. Boy is a 1964 Bob Marley song, one of his earliest songs and singles. 
It was included by Clement Dodd in the first Whalers album, Whaling Whalers, 1965. The anthem mm-hmm. placed the Whalers at the head of the rude boy music culture. The oh. song integrates vocal harmonizing with social commentary. So to me, it's it seems like he's saying oh. like, "Hey, it's me, rude boy Rob." Um, in in the same way that like I don't know, in, in like a hip hop song, you would you would say like, "Hey, this is uh, what what does Kendrick always say?" Um, uh, Kung Fu Kenny, <laughs> you he know. Says- <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's one of his many names, Kung uh, Fu Kenny. I don't recall hearing that or remembering it, at least. God, I need to listen to more Kendrick. I have listened to both of his albums a couple times, but not. I haven't. it hasn't got into my bones, you know? It hasn't, like, really sunk in. I know how you feel about Kendrick, and I know how you feel that I haven't listened to it enough. I'm not... That's I'm, fine. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying, Cameron. I... I <laughs> I'm just... I'm just... Nah. I'm just a, a white guy trying his best. <laughs> In What's in the Box Weekly, uh, Nathan was shaming me for being a bad ally, for not having seen Get Out or Us. Now who's the bad ally? (laughs) (laughs) Well, in this analogy, I would have seen the movies, just not have seen them more than once. I don't know. Yeah. You can revoke my ally cookie, too. We can do that for each other. We have that power. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) We're the arbiters of who gets to be an ally or not. Yeah. Yeah. It's our decision. Um, well, so that that's that's my argument, uh, but it it is not an argument I make with conviction because I really can't say what Rude Boy Scrob is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's I did a little bit of of uh, searching. It's not in Wiktionary, and I even went to Urban Dictionary and just says it was like some Newfoundland term. I and saw Newfoundland that. is far away from Jamaica. <laughs> Yes, culturally and geographically. Uh, we've been talking about Rude Boy Rob, Rude Boy Scrap for so long. You should just play that uh, sample just so oh. everyone can hear it. Yeah. <laughs> you haven't done that yet. That's true. Yeah. And I just, I, I should point out also, you can really hear that offbeat emphasis, which I don't think yeah. was present as much or at all in that last song we were just talking about. Or I recall it being right. more on the one and three. Um, I was going to ask you about that, but then I forgot. And how cool is that? Oh, and I need you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. Okay. Oh, do you this want is to- really funny. I was, I was looking oh. around to see if I could find lyrics for rude boy that might have like a different capitalization. Mm hmm. Um, and, uh, something really terrible <laughs> happened on, uh, p- paroles-music.com. Oh, that sounds um, French. Yeah. Uh, they're <laughs> listed under Bob Marley's Rude Boy. Uh, here is the lyrics. Saturday morning, jumped out of bed and put on my best suit. Why you gotta be so rude? You know that song? <laughs> no. It's that Wait, song. No. no I, I, why you gotta be so rude? Uh, that sounds very familiar. What song it's is that? It's a pop song that came out. Uh, it's just called Rude. Oh. And it and it's a really dumb and bad song about... Um, I, I mean, it's it. kind of funny. It, it's, it's about uh, a man asking a woman's uh, father for his blessing. Um, He's the one who's, and, who's a rude boy? I mean, boy? honestly... For, the, sorry the the father is the rude boy exactly and the chorus is uh why you gotta be so rude don't you know i'm human too 
What? Why you gotta be so rude? I'm gonna marry her anyway. Oh, that's right. <laughs> marry her. <laughs> it's kind of funny. That's a very weird defense to make. I'm human too, so I'm gonna fucking marry her anyway. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. Huh. Uh, I feel like yeah. that is so dependent on context as to whether that could be like empoweringly breaking free of the patriarchal idea that the father has to approve the marriage or it could just be like a shithead being a shithead yeah just being an entitled like (laughs) yeah (laughs) i deserve your daughter and i'm going to marry her (laughs) whether she wants to or not yeah maybe he's saying no because you phrased it can i have your daughter for the rest of my life or whatever he says he says something like that Mm -hmm. um they say ska quadrille in this. Do you know what that means? Ska quadrille? It's, it's a kind of uh, music, right? It's a dance step or a tune format. Uh, the, the dictionary says it's a square dance performed typically by four couples and containing five figures, each of which is a complete dance in itself, which can also be a piece of music for a, a quadrille dance. Um, I think that's a lot earlier. Oh, shit. What? I'm trying not to get... Try not to get uh viruses by clicking on these random links um uh mentalmusic.com slash whalers uh says and unlike other vocal groups of the ska era not one voice in the whalers etc oh it says something like we know that quadrille was an antecedent to mento that's so. that actually comports with what i was reading where does it okay yeah jamaican mento music again is the sort of counterpart to trinidadian calypso um developed out of a lot of uh rhythms from the homelands and the ancestral homelands of the people the slaves who were brought to jamaica but gotcha in classic slave owner fashion the slave owners also forced their slaves to learn and play their own tunes which included quadrilles and i think I don't remember if they said jigs and reels, but they listed several different kinds of tunes, like maybe waltzes also. Sure. Um, And that same dynamic happened in America also, where like the slaves were forced to learn the uh, oppressor's music and play it for them at parties. Well, shall we move on? Yeah. Uh, We should talk about One Love. That's their big hit from this album. Well, yeah, obviously. Yeah. I'd really like to ask one soul, is there a place for the old blessing who has earned all mankind just to save the soul? One love, one heart, let's join together and I feel alright. So that may sound familiar, but also unfamiliar at the same time, because this is one of Bob Marley's biggest hits, but the version you usually hear is uh, a later re-recording um, that is... By you, subs- too. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Fuck you. Oh. We've got, Cameron, we've got to carry each other. Carry each other at the same time. I'll carry you and you carry me, and we'll both do that at the same time. Sound good? Uh, that sounds good and possible. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah. So you see where there's no footprints. That's where we carried each other. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a very good joke. Good job, Cameron. Um, yeah. So this this was I think it was their big hit from this album, but it wasn't a worldwide mega hit until they re-recorded it. In fact, I think I read that this album was not even released outside Jamaica, at least initially, until Bob Marley became a big star. So between 1965 and <clears throat> 1970, which is when the next. Uh, Bob Marley album was released. Um, 
I think they were just like building up momentum within Jamaica before gotcha. kind of like exploding onto the world scene with uh, Soul Rebels, which is their next album. So this this song's by Clement Coxone Dodd, and Coxone is in quotations. I don't, yeah, I don't know what that means. He seems to be, in a way, kind of the George Martin of the group. Um, not the George R.R. Martin, but the Beatles-style George Martin. Um, they used to call him is the it, Eighth Beatle. The- yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he was like the producer that like helped them arrange the songs and like um yeah, it was it was kind of one of the driving forces behind the Beatles. And it like gotcha. this Clement Coxon Cox one, Coxon Dodd. Um he, he was the one who compiled this compilation album. I think. Yes. So yeah, he seems to be have some sort of large role in the Whalers and this album specifically. Uh yeah, so he I guess he wrote this song and um yeah there's some sort of thing where it supposedly includes uh part of a song called people get ready by um yeah who who is that shit uh i'm blanking on it it is the impressions oh curtis mayfield i think think you're talking about the bob marley and the whaler song uh no i'm talking about people get ready written by curtis mayfield cameron curtis mayfield your old pal and uh, it says various artists having covered the song, including Bob Marley and the Whalers in 1965 and 1977. Um, he, it, Wikipedia says that Bob Marley recorded an interpretation of people get ready as quote, one love slash people get ready. Yeah. But um, isn't that a, isn't that a different recording? Well, technically it was released under two different titles on this earlier 1965 album. It's just, um, it's just notated as one love. And I think from what I read, that's because Jamaica did not have copyright laws at the time. So they didn't have to worry about like crediting the original song. Um, and then when they re-released it for a world audience, they did credit it to, um, I guess, Curtis Mayfield. Should we actually see if we can pull up a, a little part of that? Yeah. There we go. People get ready by the impressions. Don't need no chicken. You just thank the Lord. So people get ready for the train to Jordan Picking up passengers coast to coast Faith is the key, open the doors and bottom There's hope for all, among us love the most Alright, I can hear it in there. Yeah, what a cool fucking song. Man... Curtis Mayfield's the best. He fucking rules, dude. I'm so glad that you brought him to my attention. I can't <sighs> believe so I did. His guitar playing is so great. Yeah, that was his guitar playing <laughs> on this on this song in that little that little like fill he did. Oh, that was so cool. And his, his tone is so good. Mm. All right, yeah. So I guess I guess the idea is that this Coxon guy essentially wrote new lyrics to people get ready. Is that what the idea is, basically? Kind of sounds like that's what's going on. Okay. Yeah. It's weird that, like... Because the melody sounds pretty similar. Yeah. There's obviously a lot of liberties taken with it. Right. It's really weird that Wikipedia calls it a cover version. (laughs) Yeah. It doesn't really seem like a... I would call it a cover. It doesn't seem like the right one at this point. At 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 this point? 
<laughs> yeah. But so that's if that's if you go to the Wikipedia article for People Get Ready. If you go to the Wikipedia article for One Love slash People Get Ready, it says the song contains an interpretation of the impression song People Get Ready. Yeah, whatever that means. Anyway, so first big hit. Well, the the two songs I'm interested in talking about uh, on this album are it it hurts to be alone and ten commandments of love uh do you want to do one of those yeah let's do uh i guess let's do it hurts to be alone check that out he's got such a jackson five uh delivery Man, this is a cool song, and it's uh, it's got a lady singing the lead vocals, right? Junior Braithwaite. I I assumed that Junior was uh, a young man. Oh shit, you're probably right. Oh man, that's embarrassing. Ha <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Franklin Delano Alexander Junior Braithwaite. Shit. Let me listen to that again. No, I, he just I, has I, like a a Jackson Five style like delivery, you know. So it uh, sounds like very just so high yeah i want to but he is really young i think i think he's the youngest member he was looks like 16 when it came out or at least when the compilation came out i want to listen to this um the voice again because i just for some reason assumed it was a woman Yeah. Apparently on his Wikipedia article, it says Bob Marley later commented, quote, Junior used to sing high. It's just nowadays that I'm beginning to realize that he sounded like one of the Jackson five. Oh, yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. Huh. Um, yeah. His voice is amazing. It's so interesting sounding. There's so much character. Yeah, totally. Um, so the main reason I want to talk about this song is uh, uh, his vocals. Um, that's the only sample I, you know, like that I would necessarily want to point out, but um, there's some really incredible electric guitar work. Yeah. In this song. Uh, there's a really, really good intro. And then there's an, there's a bunch of solos. Yeah. So how'd you lay some guitar on us? Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of starts as a country lick where you're, can't quite tell what the rhythm is and then it sort of launches into a jazzy like soul uh like figure that's super cool yeah it sounds like like western swing or something yeah. for a minute, like telly style <laughs> yeah. you know <laughs> exactly yeah that's super cool yeah yeah uh the rhythm is also i think you should play it again the rhythm's really interesting this is what i was talking about like quantized rhythm like and their rhythmic sophistication, like he's really playing in between the beats in a pretty interesting way. He's playing the guitar like a vocalist. Mm-hmm. Especially at the end there. Yeah. He's like, da-do, da-do, da-da-da-do. Like really <laughs> behind the beat. Yeah. Ah, so cool. I like that. And then I caught I, I caught a big chunk of the solo. Like there's more, but it's just all really good and interesting and nice. Yeah. And cool. Mm. 
guitar solo that includes, um, I don't know if guitarists generally use this phrase, but double stops, which is to say uh, two notes sounded at one, two or I guess, yeah, double stops meaning two, but like multiple stops, multiple notes played at once, just like a sure. little, uh, little, extra, little extra flavor thrown in there. Most guitar solos yeah. are just kind of like sing, you're playing on one string at a time and he's doing like a, a couple points where he's like hitting two or three strings at once. Yeah, I, I hear a lot of, you know, like Jimi Hendrix guitar playing is, you know, two or three notes. Like the melodies are like a chord position and he's like has a bar down and the melody kind of comes from hammer-ons and pull-offs in that little position. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's not like a, a big line necessarily as much as just like he's in, he's, he's in, uh, slowly moving between positions and then there's like a bunch of business in each position business. <laughs> and it's sort of somewhere between an ornamentation and a melody, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's a cool sound Yeah, and it gets that really strummy kind of solo playing Yeah, when you do it that way. Um, do we need to wrap? I don't know who's, I don't know who's playing guitar there. Yeah, I don't know either. Um, it, the, they said that the, um, let's see, they had the backing band, uh, the studio one backing band, the soul brothers, but they do not have their own Wikipedia entry. Yeah. That's a super cool sound. I like that a lot. So, uh, we should say before we move on, this song is, is about a jilted lover. Um, it's really short. Uh, basically, uh, Junior sings, uh, you know, he's going to break your heart. Um, then you'll know how it hurts to be alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the sort of subtext is that, I mean, I think it's subtext that he is a jilted lover. Mm-hmm. Unless he's just like a friend trying to hold this person accountable. Like a nice but guy? I don't oh. really think so. No, like a real friend you're saying. Okay. Um, like you will. Yeah. Like your friend or a nice guy. Yeah. But it seems like a jilted lover. Like, um, yeah, it does. Especially like the spite in the second one. Yeah. Uh, just because you think you're so smart going around breaking lovers hearts. Now you're defeated by your own weapon. Yikes. That's all like ABBA lyric there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yikes. It's it's it yeah. it's sort of like the other side of the coin to I want you back. Speaking of the Jackson Five, mm. in a way, yeah, man, that's a great it's song such... about a real shithead. Yeah, it's got the <laughs> coolest fucking bassline ever. Man, the bass yes. the bass on the Jackson Five records is like incredible, mind blowing. All right, um, do we need to get going, or do you have time for another song or two? I got, I got time for, let's do two more. Let's do two more really long ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to talk about when the well runs dry, because that is very similar lyrically to this song. It hurts to be alone, but it has a little bit more lyrical uh, interest to me. Now you come around me, So this is uh, also has uh, sort of pop song style lyrics, um, which is to say a lot of them are fairly generic, but like many, but not all pop songs, uh, they have kind of generic lyrics, but then there is a, like there's one uh, like ideational hook. There's like one uh, metaphor 
or image or idea that like adds a lot of texture and uh, lyrical interest to the song. And for this one, yeah, it's the chorus. So the, the verse says things like, listen to me, darling, you cheat and you lie. Now you come a running, want a second try. Uh, but then the chorus says, you'll never miss your water till your well runs dry. What you going to do when your well runs dry? So it's like a very, uh, very lyrical. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a metaphor. He doesn't say like, you are like a, you know, person who wants to drink from me who's like a well, <laughs> but my well of affection is going to dry up. And then where are you going to be? You know, he doesn't like ex- my well on. of affection. Yeah. Well, let's just say that probably uh, my, my least favorite lyrical device is when someone uses, ma- makes a metaphor by saying when life's, uh, <laughs> or, or, or when the, um, when the music of life or like, yeah. or something like that, the, the something of life. Yeah. <laughs> It almost any of those like something of something construction are terrible. I also hate that. Yeah. yeah. If, the, if the lyrics were like the well of my affection, like, yeah, Ugh. yeah. Not as good as this. You'll never miss your water till you, till your well runs dry. Um, it kind of reminds me in, uh, in terms of thrust of the kind of like, don't buy the cow when you can get the milk for free. Lots of like liquid mm. <laughs> liquids going on. I mean, the, the idea is very different, but the, um, the right. way of phrasing it reminds me, it seems reminiscent. Yeah. There's a, there's a flight of the Concords, um, uh, where it uses this a lot. It says, I'm sitting at this table called love, yeah. <laughs> staring down at the irony of life. How come we've reached this fork in the road and yet it cuts like a knife. I'm not crying. <laughs> that song has so many good lines. I've, uh, I'm not crying. I've just been cutting onions. I'm making a lasagna for one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's such a good oh, song. Oh, boy. Yes. Have you ever made lasagna for one? <laughs> no, it's impossible. You're going to make it like a tiny little ramekin? How, what the, how would that even work? Yeah. That sounds cute. Actually, that does sound great. Now I want to make a bunch of individual sized lasagnas and freeze them. That sounds so Pinteresting. <laughs> Fuck you. I hate that fucking website. It's the worst. It's a cancer on the internet. Uh. Uh, this was actually the song that had the uh, fluid one and four chords that I was talking about. I was mistaken about the last song. Ah. But uh, there's another example where the vocal uh, line lingers on the sixth degree of the scale. Um, and so it's sort of um, alternately consonant and dissonant with the chords in the in the band hmm. let's take a listen is that when the men are singing left uh uh then you lay holds on that note and then they resolve left. Mm-hmm. um yeah uh, listen one more time on the word left that the men sing uh that note that lasts a little longer Mm -hmm. how it sort of rubs yeah i hear the rubbing (laughs) so hot you feel the rubs yeah hi there's the rub good i'm gonna start saying that (laughs) whenever someone harmonizes a major second (laughs) which is what that is hi there's the rub (laughs) 
Oh, Hamlet jokes. Everyone loves them. Everyone. But in that harmony, what dreams may come <laughs> when we have shuffled off this mortal... Can't think of a joke to make there. Yep. Uh, do you want... Chord. Uh, oh, fuck you. That's good. I should have said that. Damn it. That's very good. Cameron, just cut That's this out. One. Just cut this out, and, and I'll, do, I'll do a fresh shake. <laughs> okay, fine. But in that okay, sleep three, of two, death, one, go. what dreams may come, shovel of this mortal chord, though. How, how is that? Pretty good clean take, right? <laughs> now, I'm the I'm funny gonna one. I'm going to actually edit it so it's you delivering it like that for <laughs> no, the first time out no, of context. No, fuck you. I was subverting expectations. <laughs> Don't subvert my subversion of subverting. God damn it. Oh, you make me so mad. Ah, uh, how about you edit the show? If you- <laughs> <laughs> I guess, I guess I did hand you the pa- all the power you needed to make me sound like a total ding dong donkey. I'm drunk with power. <laughs> yep. Ugh. Fuck. All right. Uh, and then you wanted to talk about 10 commandments of love. Is that the one you want to, you want to blow your load yes. on? Yes. Okay. God. <laughs> Is it really that self-indulgent? <laughs> My theory is I think I was thinking of the phrase, uh, shoot your wad, but instead I said, blow your load. And while they kind of mean literally the same thing, they have very different connotations. You know, I don't think so, man. Really? Cause, cause shot your wad is like a phrase meaning like you take all of your pent up resources and spend it on this one thing basically. Whereas blow your load has a connotation of just like basically nothing more than just coming, okay. coming, come together right now. <laughs> over me. <laughs> come all over me. Gross. Both of you come all over me or more might be more than two. Yeah yeah two's a couple i mean you got uh old flat top yeah he's coming up, sl- up slowly oh, he's up to come all over you <laughs> coming all over you. love that guy he's he's got hair down below his knees yeah it's the only way i can finish <laughs> uh 10 commandments of love i do not like the lyrics of this song Me either at all it's very <laughs> it's contrived pretty bad yeah. one thou shalt never love another two but stand by me in all the while Three, take happiness with the heartaches. Four, go through life wearing a smile. I feel like there's... Seven, you started messing with Kevin. (laughs) And eight, so I punched him in the face. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. And yeah, some of these are like borderline codependent or abusive. Five, thou shalt always have faith in me and in everything I say and do, i.e. never hold me accountable or call me out for my bullshit ever. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. That's what love is. Six, love me with all your heart and soul until our life, our precious life on earth is through. That seems repetitive from all the other ones. Uh, Specifically two. Seven, come to me when I am lonely. Eight, kiss me when you hold me tight. This just sounds like a a come on more than commandments. Come onments? Nine, keep me. All you got to do is keep me warm and tender. Ten, gentle caresses and always do right. (laughs) Those don't seem like they belong in the same... Uh, number <laughs> those aren't the same thing uh uh do always do right by me uh re colon gentle caresses <laughs> when it comes to gentle caresses you gotta always do right you got to do right like those other men do why don't you do right man that's a good song well there's some cool music stuff in this song um there's a really weird chord progression uh 
it it goes from the major one chord to the minor three chord to the major four chord and then back to the minor three chord so it's going to sound like this i'll speed it up so you can hear it in context but i don't think i'm in the same key but it goes like this that's the whole pr progression of the verse yeah it's really weird it's really weird to end on that minor three at the very end yes <laughs> <laughs> that's not a typical way to end uh to end a chord progression yeah um so strange choice this is the one chord oh it is in g minor three chord coming up here b minor and in everything this sounds pretty typical so far. Then up to the C chord, the four chord. And then it goes back down. Yeah. To that three. Also, that right symbol is really great. Do you hear that ride symbol going ding 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 yeah. ding 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 ding? What are those like sixteenth notes? <laughs> <laughs> They're really fast for how slow this song is. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's some really cool background vocals in this song as well. Um, there's one point where uh, one of the vocals sings uh, a C sharp, which I believe in the key yeah of G is the uh, sharp fourth. Um, so it's, it's a really dissonant moment. Um, I forget which syllable it lands on, but play the example, then yeah. maybe we'll play it again. Right there. Wow. Yeah, that's a... Spooky. Yeah. Yeah. Those minor fours. So spooky. And then, um, uh, yeah, there's one more example that I really like where the background vocals, the lowest male voice in the background vocals is uh, kind of wavering between two notes. Uh, and it's a really cool effect. Mm. So listen to the background vocal chord and listen to how there's one moving note in the bottom. Whoa, That is an odd effect. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, I like that. Uh, so that made this song enjoyable, even though this is it's kind of the worst song. Yeah, <laughs> lyrically at least. <laughs> lyrically, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yep. The Ten Commandments of Love. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like they could have there could have been something there, but yeah, none of the Ten Commandments are that interesting, except in as far as how kind of dumb they are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, the, I feel like the real Ten Commandments of Love would, uh, would be, uh, I am the husband, your man, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Yep. <laughs> uh, and then thou shalt have, thou shalt have no, uh, other, uh, husbands, significant before others me. before me. Yeah. yeah. Cameron, thou shalt not this is all from the husband's perspective, you know? This is, this is very patriarchal. I don't know why you'd say uh, significant others. It's all well, about the husband. You're right. You're right. <laughs> don't take my name in vain. Yeah. 
Um, Keep your name out, my. <laughs> remember know. to take it. Remember to remember the Sabbath day. Keep it holy. Uh, that that uh, means so, like, don't go inside sort of, my man den, my man cave. Yeah. Um, um, don't murder. Don't, don't murder, murder me. me. That, I feel like that should don't be number one. Don't commit adultery. That one's obvious. Yeah. Don't steal. It's my stuff, not yours. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I own all of this stuff in this house. Uh, don't covet your neighbor's wife. Yeah, that's unless uh, I get to watch unless I get to watch or participate. <laughs> I might be open to a threesome. You never know. <laughs> uh, don't conubber, uh, don't covet your neighbor's slaves, animals, or anything else. I feel um, like that one didn't age well. Nope. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> way to go, Bible. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not like patriarchy itself aged very well either, but you know that one aged especially poorly. Uh, all right. That's as much as I can yeah. get out of this, this yeah. bit. <laughs> yep. We really ran, wrung all of the enjoyment out of that. Much like this song. Uh, I, I'm going to, uh, break this tablet of a bit over, <laughs> <laughs> over the ground, <laughs> man. I'm never going to the promised land. Am I? Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. And now <laughs> and we're moving on now. Okay. So thanks everyone for listening. We'll be back next week with the Bob Marley and the Whalers album Soul Rebels from 1970. And uh, yeah, until then, go on our Discord. I'm going to say that first this time. It's just that important. You can also visit us online at boxset.website. Email us at email.boxset.website. Write us a review on iTunes. Smash those stars. Hit that subscribe button. Uh, you can go to our Patreon at support.boxset.website. Send us some money if you want us to keep making the show. Uh, you can also listen to Cameron's other podcast, which is called Get Up in the Cool, in which he talks to and plays with musicians, most of whom operate in the old time, which is to say Appalachian string band music uh, genre. And until next week... I should have you intro the, <laughs> my other podcast. Yeah. That was so well done. You're getting Aww, good at thanks, it. Thanks, <laughs> dude. I have practiced. Um, yeah. Well, until next week... When we talk about Soul Rebels, I've been Nathan Hunt, and why don't you get those zannies out of my panties? Okay. Did you actually say that in the, in the episode? Now I have to yeah. include it in the it's intro, the, and not it's the outro. Part of the B-roll. You can put it in the outro. I don't care. All right. It's up to you. Right, You're the fine. editor. <laughs> <laughs> I've been, uh, I've been uh, Rude Boy Cam. <laughs> it's true. And Rude Boy Scram. <laughs> I get it. That's a spicy internet speed. <laughs> is it 69 megabits per second? Nathan, it really yes. is. <laughs> no, really? <laughs> For download. Fuck yeah. yeah. Called it. Uh, oh, it looks like it was going to be 69 for upload, too. Oh, um, that would but be... But it's not. It's 62. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's even sexier. That's when one of you is all just just squished up and contorted. And as we all know, that's sexy. <laughs> it's sort of a fetal position, too. <laughs> I guess it kind of is. Yeah. I mean, if it, I mean I'm not going to yuck on him if people are into that, you know?